welcome to the Midtown Midweek, where we take the sermon on Sunday and chat about it a little more. I'm Melissa Fennell, joined with my co-host, Jake Blair. Hey, Jake. Hey How's it going? Going great. How are you? I'm so great. We are joined today by Pastor Aunt Frederick. Hey, Aunt. Hey, how's it going, fam? Hey, so good. Hey, yo, Jake. <laughs> Aunt, you uh, pulled a double header. Ooh. You taught here, and then you got in a car and taught this at Two Notch. Yeah, Alice gave me a ride to Two Notch. Like, I, I slipped out the back, out of the production room, jumped in. Uh, Alice gave me a ride to Two Notch. It took six minutes. I got there about 10 minutes before our service started at Two Notch and preached the same sermon again. Oh, my gosh. Good times, man. It was a good Sunday. How was that? To be honest with you, it was it was better than I thought, than yeah? I anticipated it being. Yeah. Um, it kind of felt similar to preaching two gatherings at downtown mm-hmm. when we used to do that way, way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So. I remember those days. It was pretty good. I got there in time to to get everything set up, get my mic on, and chat with, you know, the production team and everything, and it went went really well. Had someone at Two Notch say it was one of my top five sermons all time. Whoa! Top Ooh. five, top five. Now I, I don't know how he usually feels about my sermons. Maybe that's not saying much. I don't know, but he said it was top five for me. So, I think it went well. You should be like, send me that playlist. Right, 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 right. I need to see number one, two, three. Yeah. (laughs) Very intrigued. Yeah. Uh, Funny story for you. So yesterday I was talking to a girl at our church at downtown after the sermon. I was like, man, did you just like, I just loved having it here today. And she goes, oh, yes, the crusher of all souls. And I was like, wow. The crusher of all souls is what you referred (laughs) to me as? it was Meredith. I told her I wasn't going to say her name, but then I said, no, I'm going to actually. That's great. Meredith wow. Love. How about that? Is she saying That's that you. I consistently, no, a great thing. I consistently yeah. crush her soul when I preach? Apparently. I would like to also uplift people when I preach as well. Uh, yeah, but you, before you lift them up, you got to crush them. Yeah. You got you to gotta die before you can lift. Wow. <laughs> this got dark. <laughs> I like to help people feel the weight and the conviction of sin and help them to be Mission encouraged by the gospel as well. <laughs> Crusher of all souls. All right. I'll take like it. Like a good crush. The best. Good, oh, like yeah. A, like an yeah. orange crush. The best way anyone could ever crush yeah. a human soul. Yeah. That's great. All so right. put that on Thanks, your like, email. Yeah. Aunt Frederick, Pastor yeah. Put it on my, my LinkedIn. Crusher of souls. <laughs> crusher of souls. Book me by emailing afrederick at midtownclumbia.com. <laughs> wow. How about that? Well, I thought you did great. I appreciate that. Yeah. I value that. One person in the back was amen in and saying, come on. And I wanted to find that person and say, thank you, exactly. whoever you are, where are you? It's, it's, it's kind of weird when you're on stage and you're teaching, you're trying to make eye contact with people and someone does that at random time. Like, you don't know when it's going to be. I want to know who it is, but I can't just like stop what I'm doing and just try to, okay, which one is one of y'all three right here? Which one of y'all is giving and me And then the what would you do? What would you do if you had found out who it was? I, it would have been awkward probably. Just point and thumbs up. I appreciate Keep that, bro. teaching. Appreciate that. Keep it coming. Yeah. No, but I, I was encouraged. I do appreciate that type of response from the congregation. Uh, the church tradition I, I come from, you know, preaching is the person who is on stage is communicating and proclaiming the word of God. And the congregation has this collective sense of almost responsibility to affirm to each other mm-hmm. how good the word of God is mm-hmm. during the sermon. So it's very communal, it's very cooperative, very collaborative that when we are sitting under God's word is being proclaimed and is being affirmed. It's being proclaimed, it's being affirmed. And I, I believe it actually helps. I really do believe it helps in communicating to all who are in attendance of how good and valuable and how much of a blessing God's word is. 
So I appreciate it. I agree. Yeah, there's something beautiful. There's a this communal sort of mm-hmm. interplay between preacher and congregation where we're both uh, not feeding off each other, but mutually affirming one another. Yeah. Where it's edifying. Uh, more often than not, it's kind of like, here am I impa- imparting information to you and you receive it. It's just kind of this one way sort of thing. Right. It often is like. And uh, something I really appreciate at Two Notch and that one guy at our downtown church. I appreciate him very the, much. Whoever you are. <laughs> whoever you are, you know who you are. And thank you. Yep. I also uh, really appreciate the. The heart behind how you just described that. Uh, so I th- was just thinking, like someone who may not have grown up around mm, church mm-hmm. or not be used to that kind of tradition might think it weird or like, right. oh, this feels uncomfortable, or like, are we only like, yeah, I don't know. A cynical person might say, "Are we trying to puff up the pastor's yeah. ego?" Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, <clears throat> no, but there is something really beautiful about like affirming god's Mm -hmm. word and i like that and you do want the person who's preaching to be encouraged in in what they're doing and that's not a bad thing i mean you can do it in a in a way that's wrong and yeah now if we start saying everybody stand up and clap for (laughs) right now that might that might feel a little weird right i don't know right maybe but you did get standing ovations (laughs) i got two weeks ago more rounds it was more of a round of applause with maybe a few people standing up when i was preaching at somersault than like a full standing ovation throughout the room but for the listener at home Ant was teaching at a youth conference for the south carolina baptist youth groups yep of, middle school uh, high school students 500 plus yep yeah and it went from what i heard it went really well yeah people wanting to be christians and yeah a lot of a lot of cool stories i'll share one real quickly that's something i heard a few different times it's just either middle school or high school or texts or calls one of their youth group leaders at 11:30 at night or midnight saying, "Hey, I th- I think I got a couple questions still, but I I'm, I'm ready to start following Jesus. Like I'm ready. Let's let's do it. Let's talk about it." Yeah. So, heard that a few times, a few other um just phenomenal testimonies of what the Lord's been doing also. So, it was very encouraging, Love very that. exhausting preaching four times in four nights is very exhausting, but Ooh. uh very very encouraged by what the Lord did there that week. That's great, man. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, let's talk about our gratitude practice. So we're doing that all throughout the series of Philippians. What are things we are thankful for? So I want to go ahead and pitch that to y'all. What's one thing you are thankful for this week? I'll go first. I am thankful for Sabbath. And just a quick teaser, that's going to be our corporate practice for our fall series. That's going to be 13 weeks. We're going to be focusing on how to Sabbath well. Mm-hmm. But Man, I'm just so thankful for that's a a practice our family has made intentional for the last year and a half, two years. And we're at this sweet spot where I don't I don't see us doing life without it, you know, stopping twenty four hours a week to just rest, relax, get off the email, get off Mm. our phones, be together, Mm. enjoy God together. It's just beautiful. And this last week in particular was like I don't think I could have come up with a more restful day. I feel refreshed wow. in the Lord. I love being with my family. Uh, my friends got to stop by. I got to sleep in. This is just wonderful. Wow. So I'm thankful for Sabbath. Thanks, God. I'll tell you what's crazy. The one that came to my mind even before you started talking was rest. Ooh. Because after, I mean, coming back from that summer, I mean, I don't know how many people listen to have ever been to like a youth Christian camp. <laughs> I mean, 
they don't stop till 10 at night. Like, and it, well, really, they don't even stop at 10. Uh, but when I would preach, we would have a little debrief or whatever. You know, like our meeting post the, the worship service we had each night didn't get out to about 10 o'clock. And so I, me and my wife, we came back exhausted. I'm talking about so fatigued and tired. And I, I don't think I fully recovered, but I'm a, in a much better place than I was a week and a half ago mm. or whatever. I think we got back on a Friday about a week and a half ago. And so much better, much better now. I'm grateful. I don't remember. I mean, it's been probably two years and some change since I've been that exhausted. I mean, it was, wow. it was crazy, but I'm feeling better now and I am grateful for feeling rejuvenated. You know, it's one of those things where I guess I didn't know how to appreciate it as much until I was so exhausted. I'm just like, oh my goodness. I just want to have some sense of feeling rejuvenated for a little bit. And now that I'm feeling a little bit better, I'm like, man, this is something I'm grateful for. Like, thank you, God, for allowing me to to be able to rest and recover and, and have some amount of energy towards ministry and um, and everything that God just has me do throughout throughout the day. Melly? This might be like more of a broader gratitude thing, but I'm very thankful for creativity. Okay. So like a few years ago, we started a thing called um, Songwriters Collaborative. And so just kind of like an open invite. Hey, if you like music and you like writing songs, like let's just kind of meet and give each other feedback. And we've been doing that on and off um, for the past couple of years. But we just met yesterday for the first time in a few weeks. And it was just really encouraging to hear um, people's hearts and how like the Lord has wired them. And um, I really value a space where you can accept like good criticism, you know, like mm. healthy criticism mm-hmm. of like, Hey, I don't like that part. You should think about rewriting it. You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, we need that. That's a good um, practice. So I love that. For that. That's great. Yeah. Good. That's cool. I love that. We are doing that. Uh, low key. I wanted to be a part of that. Come on. Aunt, low key. I wanted to be a part of that too. Well, uh, okay. Now's a great time to hear this High live key. on the podcast. This seemed like High the right key. format. I have to set boundaries mm, with yeah. my time, and so I had to decide that it wasn't a good idea okay. for me to do. Sure. That's what's, but, but deep down, it's like, oh, because, you know, I used to write poetry a lot. Yes. Um, and do a lot of spoken word, and yeah, I love the, the concept of songwriting and the process and mm-hmm. all that, but I'm also grateful for boundaries, Jake. Oh, yeah. Another and thing I'm grateful well, for. Me and you will start a band one day. Yeah, it'd be great. When our kids Called are grown boundaries. up, when our kids are grown up, we have all this free time. We'll start a band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, get you back to me on that. You can just join Levy. Get, get back to me on that. <laughs> and where was Somersault at this year? Charleston Southern University. It was the first time it was there. Plan on doing it more and more at, at well, plan on keeping it at Charleston Southern for the foreseeable future. Well, I am from Charleston. Nice. And I can confidently say, Columbia, you'd rather be here. Whoa! Well done. Now, Ant, do you know what this part's about? I've heard of it. <laughs> well, you've participated in it before, so I hope you remember. <laughs> no, that was a call back to the last time <laughs> when that question was asked, and I was like, I've heard of it, but I'm not oh, sure. Yes, yes, yes. And then y'all started doing weird stuff with music, and then <laughs> now I understand. Now you get it. Yep. So you're all on board. You love this segment. It's the best. Do you have a local business you want to spotlight this week? I'll tell you where I just had lunch. All right. I just had lunch at sandwich depot mm. yeah which is walking distance from our office uh not not today it's too hot but if too it's hot. cooler outside it's walking distance from our office and 
their bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich is my favorite breakfast sandwich in town. Mm. They do breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I eat their breakfast sandwich for lunch because I like it that much. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Hotel Trundle, across the street from Sandwich Depot, mm-hmm. they're now working together. So if you stay at Hotel Trundle for the night, you get a complimentary breakfast sandwich. Oh, that's dreamy. You have like four or five options. They did that right. That's yeah. well done. Very they smart. They did that right. I love local businesses collabing together. Mm-hmm. So Sandwich Depot or Hotel Trundle, you know, if you want to sponsor the show, we are taking submissions. <laughs> right. Or if you just want to bless the hosts, we wouldn't right, hate that. Right, you right. know. Don't edit that out. I won't. See if we get any takers. Yeah. Come on, Sandwich Depot. <laughs> All right. Let's close this up. Let's get into the sermon. I know we've already talked about it a little bit, but yeah. what were some things that didn't make the final cut of the sermon? So, in verse 10 in Philippians chapter 3, uh, Paul talks about that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death. I didn't really go into that part, the the share his sufferings aspect of it. And I think this is something that could be very key for a lot of us to understand and begin to use as maybe a way of thinking about our relationship with uh, with the Lord, specifically talking about how what it is to know him, which I tried to hammer uh, over and over again in the in the sermon. So I was having a conversation with a guy named Brian. This was probably three or four weeks ago. And Brian, I believe Brian was a pastor. And when he was a pastor, and he has four children, just like me. And I believe he started with twins, just like I did. Mm. And so in this conversation, somehow, we're just getting to know each other. And I tell him, yeah, when we started Midtown Two Notch, the same year the church got started was the same year we had twins. And he was like, he was like how many children do you have? I was like, four. And he said, Oh my goodness, I also had twins and I had four kids doing ministry at the same time. And he was like, man, I know that was tough. And so we just started going back and forth and talking about our experiences with it. And then you said, did we just become best friends? I thought, did we just become best friends? <laughs> um, but I haven't talked to him since, so who knows? But Probably not. I'm probably, just gonna... probably not best friends at this point? Probably not. But what was happening there was I knew there was somebody who understood to some degree, at least, what I had gone through. And that did create a bond. I'm not going to go best friend level. Mm. But that did create a bond, I think, and an ease of conversation um, and an ease of, of connecting with each other. And also, um, one of the things I want to bring up, I'm, I'll, I'll get back to the verse in a second, is think about all the support groups that are out there of people who have uh, gone through something similar and now find this bond together that to some degree was born out of this difficult situation that they were part of, mm-hmm. maybe something that, th- that they've suffered. Uh, it's the same thing that happens when uh, I, see, I see moms oftentimes do this. Uh, when an older mom oftentimes sees maybe my wife or, or another younger mom with younger kids and sees how difficult it is, and it's like, you're doing great. You're going to be okay. I, I know what you're dealing with. There is something, something of a bond that is formed there. Yeah when you understand the difficulties and the experience of someone else. I think that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about right here in verse 10 of Philippians chapter 3 when he says, and may share his sufferings. And I believe that word share, don't quote me on this, um, is either the same word or a form of the same word that's, that's translated fellowship. And I believe what the Apostle Paul is talking about is there is a, he, he wants to know Christ 
and share in his sufferings and in a way have this understanding of his communion and of his bond with Christ Jesus, having suffered for the same thing that Christ Jesus has suffered for. Like Jesus died for this movement, for this kingdom. Paul is now given his life for the same movement, for the same kingdom. And Paul's like, no, I want to share in his sufferings. Like this helps us to know him, to relate to him, to experience even more our connection and our union with him when we are willing to suffer and endure difficulty for the sake of Christ, obviously, as as Paul is doing. So, you know, I think about maybe the life group leader who there are some certain aspects of leading a life group that are just difficult. Sometimes it's painful. Like it, it's hard. It's challenging. And I, I want to encourage our our people, our life group leaders or who or anyone who has sacrificed anything or experienced some type of, of loss or difficulty for the sake of following Christ, especially for uh, joining God in his mission, to take that as an opportunity to realize, man, I am enduring this for the same thing that my Savior endured for. Like I think about the, the disciples, don't quote me on this one, Jake, you can let me know if I'm wrong, Acts chapter 4, maybe Acts chapter 6, uh, when they were beaten and they rejoiced for being counted worthy of suffering for the same thing that Christ suffered for. But I think about that because I remember when I first read it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. What are they talking about? They're rejoicing because they were suffering, but but it wasn't you know, rejoicing just because they suffered, but we suffer for the same thing our Savior suffered for. Like we're in this together. Like I'm, I, we, are, we are in, me and Christ Jesus are in the trenches serving together. And I do think there's a, there's a bond that is formed um, when you go through a difficult experience for, especially, especially even for a purpose uh, with someone else. And I think that's what Paul is showing us that we can, we can enjoy that level of sweetness of our, in our relationship with Christ when we realize that. That's a good word, sir. I think it's Acts 5. It's Acts 5. Acts chapter 5. Dang. I said 4 and 6. Yeah. Wonderful. So, yeah, you're right. That's uh, the same Greek word, koinonia, which yep. often talks about fellowship with other believers, but mm-hmm. it adds another layer to it that when we suffer, we're sharing that same fellowship, koinonia, experientially with Jesus. And Paul is saying, I'm after that. Yeah. Like he's saying that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. Like I, I want that. I want to be in the trenches with my Savior, suffering for what He suffered for, sacrificing for what He sacrificed for. He's like, I'm after that. And there's something incredible about that, and for me, something um, compelling about that. Um, it's not the same, but I remember growing up playing sports, and there's something about the the time when you're in the weight room with the other guys on a team, and you're pushing each other. Like when you when you have a victory. You know, when the regular season comes, so you do all this training in the offseason, and when the season comes, when you win, that that camaraderie that you develop going through those difficult workouts or whatever it is, or difficult practices or whatever it is together, sweetens it to a degree. Sweetens the, not just the individual joy, but the communal joy that you get to have and share uh, with those who have um, gone through whatever that difficult thing is with you. So. Yeah. Well, I even think about, we always talk, we tend to talk about suffering as having the eternal perspective and hold on and one day suffering will be done away with and Jesus will wipe every tear away. And Mm -hmm. that is true. And there is something that Paul is getting at that uh, not only having that sort of future hope, but also presently, as I am suffering, I am suffering in the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I know that 
he is future oriented, but he has sort of this uh this hope. He has this like single minded focus that even as I suffer now, I'm sharing I'm doing what Jesus is doing. Yeah. And by doing that I get to access the power of his resurrection in my life mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking how like completely countercultural that is to yeah. like America <laughs> or not mm-hmm. just America. I mean, anybody, but I don't know. I was reading um, oh, a Tim Keller book on walking with God through pain and suffering. And in the beginning, he just talked about we we avoid pain at all costs. Mm. And so it, it. Yeah. Hearing you say like, no, he he wanted that. It's like, man, we were not raised to ever think that way other things that didn't make the final cut yeah um this is something i actually wanted to say or wish i would have said during the sermon um when i was talking about how we're often if we're honest with ourselves just not fond of god like we Mm -hmm. actually often don't don't desire him don't enjoy him um what i wish i would have said in that part is we need to be praying for our hearts to be fond of God. Can you pull up 2 Timothy 4 and find the verse with demons in it? Uh, we, we need to be, yeah, Jake, just oh, yeah. as my I, assistant. I have that memorized. I... <laughs> uh, I saw you working on your computer, sorry. Uh, I don't remember what verse it was. But um, we need to be praying for our hearts that they do not go cold towards God. Because, you know, it's one thing to realize my heart's not fond of God. Okay, well, well, what do you do? And I think you start with, you pray that God will grow your affections for him. You, you invite others you're in fellowship with and in community with in your life group or otherwise to pray that same thing uh, over you. And I think about, I think his name is Demons in 2 Timothy chapter 4, where I, I can't quote this exactly, but the Apostle Paul talks about him um, falling in love with the world. Is that the term that he uses? Yeah, because he loved the world. Because yeah, he, he, he loved he, this world. He walked away from Christ because he loved this world. Like his, his affection, his fondness was for things of the world more than it was for God. So he ends up walking away from joining, I mean, joining and continuing to lock arms with, with, with Paul and other Christians for the sake of the mission. And he just ended up loving the world. And so I, I want to encourage our people, pray ongoingly, pray without ceasing for your own heart. Pray, ask God to give you more and more love and affection for him. Those who care about you, ask them to be praying about this for you um, ongoingly, make that a, a consistent part of your of your life because he, a part of that, um, the fact that we get to know him in the power of his resurrection is the fact that he actually does have the power to change our hearts and give us stronger, more affectionate, more passionate even love for him and fondness of him and ability to uh, enjoy him and appreciate him. So I, w- I really want to encourage uh, our people. I think I said it when I preached at Tunich. I don't think I said it at downtown, and I should have. So I want to make sure I included that in there as well. Yeah, mm. I really appreciated the the illustration. Still is has stuck with me of, as far as that coffee illustration. Yeah, I may have stole that from another pastor. Don't worry about it. That's a good illustration, <laughs> though. Yeah, we we tend to enjoy the benefits that God gives us, but not God Himself. Mm-hmm. That that crushed my soul a little bit. Oh gosh! <laughs> Only to lift me up even higher. <laughs> Why? Can I give one more thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, when in any relationship, if you want to grow in enjoying knowing that person, being with that person, obviously spending time with them is going to be 
important, right? If there's if you if either one of you told me, hey, like this person, I'm really trying to pursue a relationship with them, uh, but it's not working right, and I'm like, well, what's going on? And you're like, well, we don't really spend any time together, and I'd be like, okay, I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. Like, what what is sure. actually going on? Um, and you know, when you think about spending time with God, it's like, well, God is omnipresent, so He's always actually with us. So what is what does it actually look like to be spending time with Him? And the best thing I've come up with is you can be in a room with somebody and not be spending time with them if you don't acknowledge their presence there with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can be, somebody can be in one corner of the room on their phone, somebody else on the other corner of the room on their phone. You can almost forget that they're there, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're so consumed with something else. Like your attention is not on them. You're not acknowledging the fact that you're with them. And I believe that's how it is in our relationship with God. Like he's with us. If we're, if you're a follower of Jesus, he is literally with you all the time. Like he is, he is with you. Your union with him does not go away if you're if you're a follower of Jesus. And so spending time with him looks like acknowledging, I believe, I believe it looks like oftentimes acknowledging who he is, acknowledging his presence there with you, whether that be through prayers. And and oftentimes for me, what I at least strive to do is have just like quick prayers, like in between different things that I'm doing. Thank you, God, for this. Um, help me with this. Um, obviously spending time is worth thinking about him and who he is and his character. And all those things I think fit into spending time with him, but I think it's it's largely just acknowledging that he is he he's with you through through all of it. Like talk to him about the highs in your day, about the lows in your day, about what's what's difficult, about what you're nervous about, what you're grateful for, what you're excited about throughout the day. And I believe doing that also for me, the more I do that, the more my relationship with him feels more real, mm -hmm. and it, it feels more legitimate feels more almost tangible um the more i'm just like talking to him the way that i would a friend where it's like there's certain people i remember when i when i was about to be ordained as a pastor and the pastors here told me what the date was going to be like there was no way i was not about to call my dad and let him know what was about to happen because he's a pastor and i want to cultivate i want to be in such the habit of talking to God about the joys, about the sorrows, about what, you know, what I'm nervous about, what I'm excited about, whatever it is that I share things with him in prayer, the way that I was excited to share that with my dad at that time. Mm. And that's the type of, I want to try to cultivate that level of um, awareness of God's presence in my life and uh, that type of experience of knowing him. And I believe the more I do that, the more I do enjoy knowing God the more I do enjoy being with him. So that's something else that I kind of wanted to throw in there, but I didn't make the, didn't make the sermon. What's a helpful tip? If I, if I want to be someone who gets to that place, but I don't know where to start, where might I start? Um, I think it depends on how your day is laid out. For me, I have tried to be mindful of the transitions in my day and try to have quick prayers to God in those transitions. And I wish I could say I had a great system for doing that, but I don't. But the transitions are moments, the time from one meeting to the next meeting, where mm -hmm. a quick, God, thank you for being there with me in that meeting. Please just give me everything I need to glorify you in the best way possible in this next meeting. Boom, into the next meeting. Thank you for that. That was tough. I'm really excited about this next thing I get to do. I think it's going to be great. Boom. So in the, in the margins, in the transitions, in between things, um, sharing with him what what's going on i think um is what i would recommend does that make sense that makes a lot of sense what i'm saying i yeah. also like the idea of starting with like smaller steps do you know what i mean like oh, i feel yeah. like that's way more yes 
um, grabbable, achievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get the names right on this, but I remember Adam preaching one time and he told a story. It might have been Steve on Fange. I could be wrong, but he, I think asked Steve if he wanted to go to lunch and he said that Steve took like a really long pause and he's like, I was praying really quick to see if I should do that. Yeah, let's get lunch. And I was like, what? (laughs) But I I love, I love that. Catholic monks have like fixed hour prayer where it's like there's a certain, they have scheduled out when they are going to stop doing whatever they do. Even if they're working in the field, they're just going to drop whatever they do to pray and the bells will ring or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. uh, Similar, I know someone here, like I was borrowing their laptop and I saw on their calendar, they had little reminders on their day mm-hmm. whenever they would pray about specific things. And it was like throughout the whole week, they would have at this hour is when I pray about this today. And at this hour later today is when I pray about this. So yeah. and it syncs up with their phone. That's and a great so idea. that's just a really quick, mm-hmm. helpful way to try to integrate prayer and the presence of God more in yeah. your life. I, there's something else that I've done before. When I get into my car, I don't do this as much as I wish I did. When I get into my car, I ask myself, is there anything major that I haven't just spoken out loud to God? Is there anything major on my heart that is definitely there that I just haven't said anything to God about? And if so, I'm often in a car by myself commuting to and from work. I have an opportunity to do that now. And I want to go listen to music. All right, fine. You listen to music after you talk to God about this and just share, not even necessarily having a request, but just a a venting session sometimes Mm. uh, with God about, you know, what's going on in my heart. That's helped me out a lot as well is asking myself that question. Is there anything that's major significant on my heart that I just haven't said anything to God about? If so, if not, I mean, if there is something, then let's, uh, let's take care of that right now. So to our listeners, we just listed some ideas, but at the very least, start small, do something, mm-hmm. and it's okay to be a rookie when starting out, but this is really good for us, and this is what Paul is calling us to do, is practice accessing the power of his resurrection to us. Yeah, and, and if you are just now, if you're just saying, all right, I want to get started, I feel like when people are first starting out, for most people, faithfulness looks like getting back on the bandwagon again. Mm-hmm. Like. Faithfulness for most Christians that I know is not, yeah, I started doing a great job of this, been doing it great for years and haven't messed up. But I believe faithfulness looks like continuing to get back on the bandwagon. I Mm -hmm. I missed, I haven't been doing great at it. How good are you at getting back on the bandwagon when you fall off determines how faithful you are for a lot of Christians, I believe. So I want to encourage that. I'm, I'm not very different from encouraging Stick to it. Never miss a day, because I don't think that's the case for most. Um, but how, aim to get good at getting back on the bandwagon when you fall off. That's it's my encouragement. Work. Yeah, that's great. I need to hear that. All right. Well, that is all we have time for today. Um, everyone, resources will be in the show notes. And Ant, Crusher of All Souls, great to have you here. You crushed this sermon and our souls. You crushed this sermon. Crush this podcast. <laughs> No, thanks, Ed. Seriously. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Yeah, I enjoyed it for real. And see y'all next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.